This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode of Bookmarked is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash bookstacked. That's audibletrial.com slash bookstacked. You're listening to Bookmarked, the Young Adult Book Podcast brought to you by bookstacked.com. This is episode 30, and episode 30 is all about book burnout. Newsflash, it sucks. We've got that coming up in just a few minutes, so stay with us. Welcome, everybody. This is episode 30. We, we made it. It's a 30. It took us a long time, but we're here. <laughs> um, yes, applause. We need applause. <laughs> um, and I think just to start off, why not welcome like the new listeners? Because I think we have a lot of new listeners who have discovered us in between the last episode and, and this episode. I think that's largely in, largely in thanks, largely in part, <laughs> to uh, Book Riot, who linked to our podcast and one of their in one of their newsletters and I didn't actually get to see the newsletter. I subscribed to it immediately after I found out that they linked to us, but uh, yeah, I think a lot of people checked us out from that. So if you're one of those people, welcome to bookmarks. Thank you for being here with us. (laughs) Of course I'm saying that. And because I don't know what they actually said about us in the newsletter, they could have been like throwing shade yeah. at us the whole time and so yeah. people were coming to like listen to how terrible we are but i'm gonna <laughs> assume that they said something nice about we're us trying our best. we're trying we're to, yeah we're doing our best but yeah let's go ahead and just do quick introductions so my name is saul and we also have addy hi guys and michael hi so pretty small panel sometimes we have like a lot of people but we've had like six or five people on before some episodes and then other times we just have small episodes like this one but it's always good and it's always fun okay so let's jump into what are you reading this is how we usually start the show like what book are you currently reading and i think i read i I was telling you guys right before i started i read like four books already this year which i know compared to some people isn't a lot but for me i feel like it's a big accomplishment so (laughs) i got deathly hallows down which was of course amazing then I read Educated by Tara Westover. It's not a YA, but it was a memoir. And I read that thing in a day, which was awesome. Then Skyward by Brandon Sanderson. And now I'm just about done with Vengeful by V.E. Schwab. So yeah. What about you guys? What have you been reading? That's more than I've read in the past few years. So I have to <laughs> <laughs> I actually am starting to read The Hate You Give. Oh, yeah. So I'm starting that book. But I'm liking it so far. I think it's interesting. It's relevant. I, I've actually I've just started reading Bloodwitch by Susan Dennard, which is the the fourth book in the series, but one of them was a 2.5 kind of book. But 
I'm loving it so far. It's one of my favourite series to now. I've put it in loads of articles I've written recently. So yeah, I'm loving that. And I've also just yesterday finished Andrew Thomas's new book on the come up. Oh, nice. Which I thought that was phenomenal as well. I love to hate you give. And I think it's a it's a different kind of five star book. It's a different it's not can I get that same sort of cultural impact. I don't think it's going to be as huge as the hate you give was, but it definitely is worth reading and it definitely is worth a four or five star. Yeah. That's good to hear that, because I was wondering if if I should pick it up. Uh, because obviously it's been really big right now. Angie Thomas is just huge. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's cool to hear that and that it was good. It has to do with like music, doesn't it? Yeah. So the, the lead character is I think she's sixteen and she's she raps. So like she's trying to get her big break. She's like on the come up. Yeah. Goes into this sort of tournament thing called the ring at the start of it and she just does this rap and everyone loves her and she ends up trying to get her big break throughout the book. So awesome and then blood witch yeah like everybody's been talking about that book so i think probably just because it just came out but um yeah. i haven't read any of those books but i think christy she yeah she, put the review up. yeah she just put a review up of blood witch just this past week and i know she's really liked those books too and the yeah. cover is gorgeous like oh the, the covers just keep getting better like from the, very, <laughs> the first one was great but they're just especially this one is i love the red and black and white covers a lot of good books. And we have content on all of those books, basically, uh, on bookstacked.com. So I'll link some of those in the show notes. Like I said, uh, Christy just put up a review, so we'll have that. Um, Blood Witch. We have an entire episode to The Hate You Give and Angie Thomas, uh, old podcast episode, and I think also a review for the book as well. So I'll be sure to link those in the show notes. But leading into that, so like one of the things I wanted to discuss today was... I guess this thing, this book or reading burnout, you know, I don't know if you guys, I I think everybody kind of probably feels this on some level. Right. But just, I found it so hard to like read a lot the last couple of years, especially. And I don't, well, I have some ideas about what it might be. Like usually I think I get about 20 to 30 books in a year. Uh, But the last couple of years, it's been around like, 10 or 15 (laughs) um which is like a huge drop so i don't know is this like a thing is this something you guys have felt in your lives like book or reading burnout yeah i've definitely the last two years especially as you say like last year i tried to write another article about like book slumps because like i ended up the start at the end of 2017 start 2018 i just felt like i wasn't reading anything i went like two months without actually finishing a book so that is definitely something that I've felt this year is going quite well because last year and this year I set my Goodreads challenge reading challenge like I used to set it to 50 books 40 books but the last two years I set it to one just to feel accomplished (laughs) when I finished that first book and it sounds silly but it, it really did work like I think I set it to two this year and I finished two books within the first two weeks and now it feels like the pressure's off so I can just read for the fun of it rather than trying to read to meet some arbitrary goal you know right but that's a good point because actually last year i didn't even set a goodreads goal because i wasn't meeting them the year before and then it like tells you how many books you are behind it's like you're behind like three books and then it grows to like 10 and 20 and you're like well i'm never gonna catch up so last year i didn't even set one i did set one this year i set 30 
I don't know if I'm going to make it, but like, I felt like I needed to, to stretch a little bit, but like, I totally get what you're saying. Like, it's really easy to, to feel the pressure from a goal that you're setting yourself. It's kind yeah. of a strange thing. For me, I think it started when I was in college, just because of my major, I had to read all of these things for class that gave me no time to read <laughs> for fun. And then I don't know, just kind of like snowballs. You're like, okay, I, like, you know, like, you know, if you start reading a book for fun, you're just going to get like snowballed into that and not want to do your responsibility of reading for class. I mean, you guys over here making me feel bad talking about not, you know, meeting your goals of reading like 30 <laughs> books a year. I can barely read like five books a year lately. So <laughs> I am definitely do want to uh, work on it again. So yeah, hopefully I'll be able to read at least 10 books this year, not 30. But <laughs> <laughs> too, like I said earlier, some of it for me at least has been, I feel like I've read a lot of the same stuff in young adult mm -hmm. and I don't want to like crap on YA or anything. Obviously we're a YA website and podcast. So we enjoy these books. Right. But sometimes it gets to be like, so it just, it just feels the same. And it, yeah. It's the same tropes over and over again. Every once in a while you get somebody who kind of like innovates that a bit. Like mm -hmm. I think, Children of Blood and Bone has made me pretty excited lately. You know, in some ways it has a lot of those same tropes, but at the same time, it's it's a different take on them. And the characters were interesting. And so like stuff like that gets me excited, but I think I just kind of got bored of reading the same thing over and over again. I, mean, I don't think it's it's getting bored. I think it's wanting something new. Yeah. I think something as well that contributes like to me, you know, reading as much recently as just when there's so much coming out like there's so many new big releases in YA and they always happen at the same time obviously there's always like the last few weeks like on the come up came out blood witch came out and like there'll be so many more that just end up piling up piling up that by the time I'm halfway through the first one there's just another influx of new books have come out and I just end up losing track of what what I wanted to read like I would buy these three books, say that I was desperate to read. But then by the time I'm finished, the one I'm reading, there's another one out. So I buy that because I want to read that. But then I end up losing track of the ones that I wanted in the first place. So it's like there's just just so much piling on top of me that I end up just going back to books that I bought five years ago because they look more interesting at the time. Yeah, those are really good points. And I think like it's something that... I, I don't see many people talking about it, but I suspect it's something that a lot of people in the community feel. Um, and I think especially too, when you do see people who, I guess, read 30 books, or I've seen people who read like over 100 books a year. Yeah. I've seen a lot of people like that, like on Goodreads and stuff. And I'm not criticizing them in any way. I admire them. That's amazing. But it's just kind of like, you're kind of like, oh my gosh, why am I not at that level? Do I not? like this as much as I thought I did I don't know like I've had those thoughts like go through my mind before and it, yeah like I said I think it's something that a lot of people probably feel and experience but they don't really talk about yeah I feel like a few years ago like I was trying to do like 50 a year and I remember do you remember the matched trilogy by Ali Condi yeah mm -hmm. it was quite big like I remember like I was so desperate to meet this quota of like 50 books that I read that entire trilogy in three days and I couldn't tell you anything that happened in it because I was just desperately skimming through the book to try and 
just to say that I'd finished reading another book. And I feel like that just kind of took away from, like, took away from the joy of reading it, but also took away from the point. Like, I wasn't reading it for the sake of reading it, I was reading it for the sake of having another number to put in at Goodreads. Definitely. Yeah, that's, ah, that's crazy, right? Yeah. I feel like, yeah, and I feel like a lot of people have, have felt this, but it's just, it's one of those things too where, like, I think maybe there is this pressure and it, it's not coming from a bad place. It's just kind of like the natural pressure of the community and people who read where you see so many people with like their super long TBRs and yeah, everybody reaching their Goodreads goals. And you're just like, Oh, I have to do that too. <laughs> but yeah. you're going to get burnt out if, if, it, if it's, if it's too much, you know, if you're not capable of, of keeping up with that, I think, yeah, mm-hmm. you're going to end up burning yourself out. So what have you guys done to combat bur- book burnout? Yeah, well, like I said, I just set my Goodreads goal really low, one or two books. Just so that I think this year I've done well. I think I'm at seven books this year, but three or four of them have been audiobooks that I've listened to while I'm at work. So it's like, it's not like I'm actually sitting down to, to read them. Like I've just got an opportunity. So I think audiobooks are a good thing to do if you feel like you're not reading as much as you want to because they're they can be a lot more entertaining than forcing yourself to sit down. <laughs> Most of the books I get through are through audiobooks. If I'm being honest, like rather than sitting down and and reading them, I still try to sit down and read uh, like a printed edition or a Kindle edition, but these days a lot of it is audiobooks. Like when I'm out grocery shopping or uh sometimes if I'm like mowing the lawn or something like that, doing chores around the house, I listen to audiobooks for sure. That's and sometimes every once in a while you get like a really good narrator who can do like amazing voices and is super dramatic and incredible. And it almost becomes like this incredible production on par with the movie <laughs> because the, the narrator is so good. I feel that way about the Harry Potter audiobooks, both the Jim Dale and Stephen Fry versions. They're just incredible. Talking about that though, did you, you read Aragorn, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. It, see, in, in Aragorn, Safira's voice is it the movie or was it in the book that she had like a, a nice like soothing it's in the voice? movie yeah was it ever in the book that she did in the book it's more of like a Yoda voice yeah because <laughs> I listened to this I listened to the Aragorn audiobook uh, last month and I think it's probably the movies just made me think that she had that but the narrator puts on like this really gruff like fantasy like tropey dragon voice and it was really unsettling like every time she spoke like i can't remember what she said like she's trying to comfort Aragorn at some point in the book and i'm not going to do the voice because no one wants that <laughs> but um she was saying something like i love you little one or something and it says she said gently but the narrator made it sound like she hated them and I was like, this is the weirdest. <laughs> well, that's interesting that you bring that up because actually I like the Aragon audiobook a lot. Because those are one of my favorites. So you know what I mean? You know the voice that does. Oh yeah, I know that voice really well. I like that voice. I don't know. <laughs> um, I got, but I, I can see it towards the end. But yeah. yeah, I can see how some people would be put off by it. I thought it was weird that she had a soothing voice in the movie. I think it was just, I think also um, a big reason for book burnout, I think is the fact that like Michael said, all these books are coming in and there's like new influx all the time. And you're like, okay, I'm going to read this and I'm going to read this one. 
and you feel the pressure of like just like keeping up with every single new release just to be able to talk with the book community about them that you just get overwhelmed and i think that happened to me and i was like you know what i'm stopping i'm not even gonna try i think i did stop reading for a long time because of that i was just like it's just too much pressure to like, i have school i have this i have that and then on top of that, I want to read for fun, but this doesn't feel like I'm going to read for fun. Because like I'm going to read just to like Michael said, accomplish a goal and not fully like enjoy the book. I think that's what I stopped doing. I stopped reading for a while, stopped like keeping track. I used to have a list, and I think my list was like 50 books I wanted to read, like within a span of a couple of months. It wasn't even like a year. And I'm like, you know what? I stopped, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna if this book catches my attention, I'll read it. I'm not going to like pressure myself. Like you said, when you're in this community, you want to like read these books so you can participate in discussions and stuff. And with running Bookstacked, we're all about covering YA. So you kind of have to be aware of the different authors and their book series. And in the past, one of the things I would do is I felt like I had to read every book series that was mm-hmm. out, you know. But what I found now lately uh, and because, like I said, it's 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 kind of necessary if you're if you're going to be writing for a website like what we do, you know. But what I've done lately is I try to like maybe read one book from that author or one book from that series. And if it doesn't speak to me, I like have taught myself to be okay with dropping the book series. Like I don't have to read the rest. And I'm like really grateful I've done that too. Like one of the best examples I think for that was Shadowhunters for me. I know a lot of people who listen to the show and a lot of people who I, I think Michael, you've you've enjoyed reading those books and stuff. And a lot of other people who have written for the website are big Shadowhunters fans, right? Mm-hmm. That first book just didn't do it for me. <laughs> like I read it and I was like, okay, I, I'm glad I read it because I have an idea of what Cassandra Clare writes and I have a bit of insight into this world. But like, I, I don't see a reason for me to continue reading them. And I'm kind of grateful I did that too, because she keeps adding to that world. <laughs> and had I like originally kept with that policy where I have to read every book series, even if it's not like, quote unquote, sparking joy for me, I don't know, I would be like miserable, I think. I guess being selective, I found that to be helpful for me. I think that was for me because I, I didn't start reading uh, Cassandra Coe's books until I think five of the, the Mortal Instrument books had come out and all of the Infernal Devices so it wasn't as if I was like reading at the same time that they were publishing so I could just go in and binge them all but now I'm, I'm at the point where I'm losing track like I've been on this show before and I've written for uh, Bookstacked like defending Cassandra Clare against people who say that she's writing too much or she's doing too much of this. But it is at that point now where I'm losing track. Like, I don't think I've read the last two books that she's put out, and I don't know when I'm ever going to find time to. But I think they are they are good if you're just going to end up binge them, like in my, read the six of them in a row. And I think... And that was another tangent. I don't know where that came from. No, that was good. <laughs> um, I just think it's... Yeah, for me, it's just one of those things. It was just kind of like a realization, like you don't have to read every single book. And sometimes there are books that look interesting, like debuts from authors and stuff. But like sometimes I'm like, but you know what? I'm more interested in this other book. And so I'm going to kind of choose my happiness <laughs> over like this pressure that I'm feeling to read other this other book, if, if that makes sense. I don't know. And then one of the things I've just started doing this year, like I've, I've made this goal for myself is because I want to be, I I still want to be reading YA and I want to contribute to the website. 
and help out with book reviews and stuff too. So I'm trying to do like two books a month. And one of those books is like young adult. And I, I'm again, I'm trying to be very selective with that. So that basically that's about what 12 YA books roughly. I, I imagine I'll be reading a bit more as well, but 12 YA books in the year. So I'm trying to be like selective about which ones those are, you know, and I'm trying to determine like, I, I is this one that I think I'm going to, to like, and then the other the second book in the month, I'm, I'm trying to read stuff that isn't YA. Like I said earlier, I read Educated by Tara Westover, which is a memoir. And I don't usually read memoirs. But reading that book, I read it in a day, which I haven't done in a really, really, really long time. And like it was to the point, too, where I actually wanted to stay up and not go to bed because I wanted to keep reading the book. And again, I haven't felt that since like Hunger Games, Harry Potter days. <laughs> and... So to feel that again was like so refreshing. And so I think one of the things I'm kind of learning is it's okay to also try different genres and different yeah, different styles of books. And I, I'm hoping that kind of keeps it a bit fresh for me. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm the same kind of that as well. Like, uh, towards the end of the last year, I read I Am The Messenger by Marcus Suzak, which I don't technically think counts as YA. The main character was 19. So it's like kind of like that on the fence thing. I don't think Marcus Duzak counts it as YA, but a lot of people will include it in that. But if you do read it, like it doesn't have to be seen as YA, but you read it and it's, I thought it was phenomenal. And that kind of like pushed me to read outside of what I was looking for before. So can I see your point on that one? Good thoughts. Good discussion. <laughs> um, I'm really curious to to hear if, any of our listeners have experienced this themselves and also what are you doing, you know, to, to combat this and have you found any solutions? That'd be awesome to hear. And so if you have any insights into that or just any thoughts, like please do reach out to us. We are on Twitter. You can find us at Bookstacked. You can also go to bookmarkedshow.com and there should be a link to a contact form where you can get in touch. Cause again, we'd love to hear what you have to say and maybe even share it on the show. All right, well, there's still a lot more to cover. We actually want to go over a few big news stories that have come out in the last couple of months. But before we do that, we're going to cut to a quick break for our sponsors. So stay with us. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Looking for something to listen to after this podcast is over? We always suggest reading a book. And what better way to consume books than with Audible? In the subway or in the car, when you're mowing the lawn or doing dishes, it doesn't matter where you are or what you're doing. You can always catch up on your TBR list with an audiobook. And for listeners of this podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download when you sign up for a 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash bookstacked. Audible selections includes books like Victoria Aveyard's Red Queen series and Tomi Ediemi's Children of Blood and Bone. Again, go to audibletrial.com slash bookstack for your free audiobook. And don't forget that even if you quit the trial, you get to keep the book. 
All right. Before we close the show, we wanted to touch on a few big news items, things that have happened during the last couple of months, because it's been since November, since November, since we last put out an episode. Um, and so there have been a few, a handful of big news items that we just thought people should be aware of and we might touch on a little bit. The first, we're just going to get Fantastic Beasts out of the way. <laughs> Our last episode was Crimes of Grindelwald. People seem to really like it when we talk about Wizarding World stuff because those are always like our most popular episodes. Um, if you hear a page flipping, it's because Michael is opening his notebook about his notes on Fantastic <laughs> Beasts. <laughs> yep. uh, Michael was not on the last episode. So Michael, <laughs> very quickly, <laughs> which That's might fun. be difficult. Crimes of Grindelwald. Yeah. What, what did you think? Okay. Just before I say this, I still love Harry Potter. All right. <laughs> Disclaimer. I know, That's I how I started mine last in the last episode. <laughs> I don't have a problem with J.K. Rowling personally, but I hated Crimes of Grindelwald so much. <laughs> I thought it was dreadful. I thought it was a mess. I thought it was and this too nostalgia filled. I thought it was all over the place. I thought Johnny Depp for some reason, was the best part of it for me, which doesn't make sense. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you really didn't like the movie. I really didn't. I've, as I was saying before we came on, I've tried three or four times to write some sort of cohesive article sort of in the same vein as, as last year's J.K. Rowling article that I wrote, but I just can't because I keep getting carried away and just rambling and ranting for four or 5,000 words at a time. But yeah, yeah, I wasn't a fan. Is the the sum up? <laughs> I mean, if you uh, thought Johnny Depp was the best part, then you really didn't like the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been definitely polarizing in the Harry Potter fandom, and we really dived into it in the last episode. But yeah, I think since that movie has come out, there have been potentially troubling signs since Crimes of Grindelwald has come out. Production for the third movie has been delayed, uh, which shows potential problems, I guess, for the franchise. A lot of people are wondering if this is in response to the polarizing reactions people got yeah. from or people gave with the movie. So I, I don't know what what I guess what we've learned is production was originally going to start earlier this year, I think around now or summertime, and it's now been delayed and pushed back to the fall. And then the other thing, and the, the thing is this next part isn't confirmed, but a lot of people have been writing about it, is it looks like the release date for the movie has also been pushed back. Now, the reason I'm saying that hasn't been confirmed yet is because, from my understanding, Warner Brothers never actually announced the release date for the third Harry Potter movie, or for the third Fantastic Beast movie. But um, they did have a movie, they did have a movie slot open for November 2020 which a lot of people assumed would be Fantastic Beasts 3 because these movies seem to be coming out every other year in November. And they just announced recently that they're giving that November 2020 slot to the film adaptation of Dune, which is another book, a very important book in the sci-fi world. um, For anyone They're just casting everyone. So people on Twitter were just like, putting on like a happily announced that I'm now casting Dune because it seems to be that every single actor is just going to be in it. 
Yeah, it, it's it's going to be a huge movie because I mean it's a huge book, right? A legend in its in its genre for sure. Uh, but that basically has everybody kind of like raising their eyebrows and saying, "Well, if that's going to do, and when is Harry Potter coming out?" So a lot of people are speculating. Fantastic! I keep saying Harry Potter. Fantastic Beasts. You know what I'm saying? Um, a lot of people. Right. It's a lot more connected to Harry Potter than I thought it was going to be, to be honest. But anyway, Fantastic Beasts 3, it looks like that's going to be coming out 2021. So I guess like the big question is, is this like troubling or is this kind of normal? Because at the same time, I remember when the Harry Potter movies were coming out, sometimes they were like pushed back a bit, you know, like some of them came out in November and others came out in like June and July. What, What do you guys think about this? Is this worrisome for for Harry Potter fans? I mean, I when I first saw the news that that, because I mean, like you said, we all assumed it would come out every other year following the Harry Potter movie, you know, release date pattern. When, you know, film one year and then the next would be released. So I think we all just assumed that that's how it's going to go because that's how it went for the first, well, for the first sequel. But then I do think the backlash of, like, or like the negative opinions of how the second movie went had to do a lot of it. Cause I did read that they were, uh, they said they needed more prep time for part three and that some rewrites were going on. So I do, I mean, it, I, I could be completely wrong in saying this, but I do think that the fan reaction to how crimes of Grindelwald played out did have a lot to do with it. And I also think, you know, um, in November at the premiere, Catherine Waterston, who plays Tina, debuted her baby bump. So that also might have, I think that also kind of provided like a little bit like, like an excuse for Warner Brothers to, you know, push it back, push back the filming a bit. Yeah, those are good points. I think you mentioned too that we have learned a little bit more that stuff. I think mostly from Dan Fogler, who plays Jacob Kowalski in in the movies i i know he mentioned that fantastic beast 3 one of the reasons it was being delayed was because i think in his words it's so big <laughs> like the story is huge apparently that makes me really nervous <laughs> i don't know about other people but i'm just kind of like why is it so big already like i don't know why not build up to it a bit more because i feel like i kind of feel like they tried to do that with crimes of grindelwald where they were just like you got to make it dark and epic and crazy and they were blinded by that rather than taking time to really build on the characters and the themes that kind of went for epic and i'm really worried that they're going to do that again and make it even worse because i i was on that side where i'm not a huge fan of crimes of grindelwald either And and again there are people who did love it in, in the Harry Potter fandom, but I don't know. As somebody who was really turned off by that movie, I it makes me nervous. Yeah, I'm exactly the same. I think it's, it's almost too big already. Like they're trying to do too many things, too many characters. Like how much bigger can it can it possibly get in the next one? Like part of it too is we know how this series ends, or at least we have an idea of where this is heading. But yeah. The, Dumbledore versus Grindelwald battle, you know, and for us to kind of already be getting those end of the world vibes in the second movie of a five part series. Uh, it just almost, I don't know. It just seems like too much. I, I'm, I'm really nervous at the same time. This could be good. Like maybe 
maybe they saw the reaction to Crimes of Grindelwald and they're like, well, we want to make sure we do this right. And so they're giving yes. JK Rowling more time to do that. Cause again, I think I pointed this out in the last episode. She's new at script writing. She's a novelist. She's not a script writer, you know, or screenwriter. So yeah, maybe she just needs a bit more time to hone her craft. So maybe, maybe this is a good sign, you know, it could be something good. Hopefully Warner brothers from the reaction that, that, was given out by fans you know learn their lesson like you know what it's too much to put in less than three hours it needs a bit more development there's a lot that we could say and <laughs> dive into about fantastic beasts but i think we should cut it short there <laughs> but yeah definitely i think the big thing to know is that it's going to be a while before we see the third movie and um yeah so it's just a waiting game at this point <laughs> Speaking of book-to-film adaptations, we've got a few pretty big developments. Children of Blood and Bone, this last week, they announced that they got a director for that movie, which is pretty exciting. That book has gotten a lot of hype in a way that I haven't seen many get in a long time, like since the Divergent days, I feel like, basically. So, I don't know, I find that to be pretty exciting. I um, Did you two read that book at all? I don't remember. No, I I've read, I've read half of it. Half of it. <laughs> I was on time back to like I was halfway through reading that, and then something else came out. So that's I kind of victim of that. But I definitely go back. I was enjoying it from what I remember. I listened to the audiobook again. Shout out to Audible. Same yeah, I, I thought the audiobook was great, and I I didn't. I think I said before in past episode, I didn't love it as much as I was hoping, but I liked it a lot. And it like made me really excited to see what she was going to do with the trilogy. So, and th- they seem to be taking this movie really seriously. So it got a director. Um, the sequel also comes out in June, I believe. So that's going to be really big. And then I think one of the really huge surprises recently was that Lee Bardugo's Grishaverse was picked up by Netflix. I didn't read Shadow and Bone, but I read... Six of Crows and Cricket Kingdom, and I thought those were both really good. Yes. Yeah. So I'm gonna go back and read Shadow of Bone now because I'm really interested to kind of see what Netflix. I, I'm just really interested. I'd like to read it before the Netflix show comes out. Um, but again, that was. I know that that series and that whole like British affairs obviously has a lot of a lot of lore and a lot in it. So I think it is a good kind of choice for a, a show. Let's like, see what they can do with it. Yeah, and I think a lot of people are kind of surprised. Maybe. Maybe I'm not super tapped into the Grishaverse fandom, but uh, I feel like the YA book community didn't quite see it coming. And once it did was announced, everybody just like rejoiced. So I think it's going to be pretty big. So that's exciting for sure. And then new books from Veronica Roth and Marie Lu. That's also mm-hmm. exciting. Veronica Roth, I, I, at least I thought we weren't going to be hearing from her for a couple of years because I know she just finished Carve the Mark recently and yeah, she's working divide. on another yeah with the fates divide and then she's working on another novel but this is going to be a collection of short stories right yeah and I, yeah including I think two short stories from Carve the Mark as well cuz she she's mentioned that she likes that kind of like Star Wars ish feel in her books reading the like summary 
on the HarperCollins websites. No world is like another within this masterful collection. Each setting is more strange and wonderful than the last, brimming with new technologies and beings. And yet for all the advances in these futuristic lands, people must still confront deeply human problems. Six stories. Yeah, and they're they're comparing it to Black Mirror, Netflix's kind mm -hmm. of crazy, strange sci-fi show. So yeah, that, that'll be interesting. I, I like that she's kind of branching out into different genres too. Like I think I, I think she's very talented and for as controversial as the divergent ending was, I thought her really strong point was being mm -hmm. able to like hone in on characters and create characters that people care about. So I'm I'm always excited when I hear that she's working on something new. And then Marie Lou, I was surprised by this one because her new book is going to be a follow-up to the legend trilogy, which she, that was kind of the, the book series that launched her career. And the, I, my thoughts on the legend trilogy has always been that it's very tropey and it's like, doesn't really do anything new, but I absolutely loved it for some reason. I, I and I can't explain why, but I remember reading all three books in a week. And so I'm, absolutely ecstatic that there's going to be a fourth one apparently this is going to be the one to end the series i just think it's surprising because i thought it, it seemed like the the third book champion was the end but apparently not i think it sounds like kind of what scott westerfield did for his series the uglies there were three books and then he wrote the uglies pretties and specials and then a few years later i think he wrote he released the extras which is kind of like a follow-up to the ugly the first three books it's still in the same world kind of thing. And the last thing we had, we wanted to, to mention was book convention season is coming. Kind of the end of spring transition into summer. I think the big ones are Y'all West and Book Expo. And Y'all West just like dropped their lineup this last week. And I always forget how many authors they have at that event. I it's counted 88. <laughs> I was... Like my mouth dropped. I was like, are you, I was like, did I count this right? I'm like, wait, let me see this again. And yeah, 88 authors are expected to attend this year, which is crazy because it's 88 authors in one day. Because I'm even even though Y'all West is promoted as two days, it's just a couple of out Friday nights, a couple of hours at the library, and then it's the full day from like. So like eight to five or eight to six on Saturday. So 88 authors in a day. Yeah. It's crazy. I, I went back and looked and I did see that they did, I think they had like 84 last year or something. So it seems like they always have about that amount, but still when you think about it and like it's, it's on a high school campus. I don't know how they fit everyone on there. I mean, I guess one of my memories of going a couple of years ago was how crowded it was. It just was it's like, there, crowded. Yeah. there I are mean, points where you just can't walk, you know, it's it crazy. It, it, it's gotten so huge. I'm, I'm impressed that they can fit so much into that tiny space. I do wish they would open it up a bit more or maybe look for someplace better to yeah, at least make it use. two days, you know, like, like full, like, you know, Saturday and Sunday, yeah. like they did the first couple of years and not just, a couple of hours on Friday night and then a full like punch in your face Saturday, do what you can. Yeah. But I still find it extremely impressive. And I think they do a mm -hmm. really good job. Like they're always really good panels. Honestly. 
I think great authors, um, a lot of signings. Yeah, Michael, you should get a ticket. <laughs> yeah, I see. I'm looking forward to seeing the pictures. I'm looking forward oh, no. to following it from an ocean away. That's always fun. Just use one of those apps, you know, where it like keeps track of low prices for you, and then yeah. Google yeah. does it. I've been doing it, even though I shouldn't. <laughs> I done that last year. I spent a night last year just looking at flights and hotels nearby. Knowing that I was never going to be able to go, but I did spend far too long. Yeah, saving out of fantasy in my head. <laughs> I mean, I think if you were, I always like have this thing where I'm not sure which one's better, Book Expo or Y'all West. I think for a fan experience, I would, I would suggest Y'all West over Book Expo. Like Book Expo is a good place to pick up arcs, so I guess if you're really into that go ahead and do that but at the same time i've realized i have like this massive pile of arcs that are ever going to get read and so i'm just kind of like so then i'm like okay well maybe i shouldn't be picking up so many arcs at book expo but then i'm kind of like well what else do you do there though (laughs) you know so i think y'all west is if you're like wanting to hear from the authors more that's the better experience and probably also a little bit cheaper because while la is still expensive it's not new york so (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, there, I mean, it is feasible to do y'all, you know, y'all fest, but I mean, it would be great if they could do it like y'all, no, if they could do y'all west like y'all fest, which I think is like a full three day thing on the weekend and spread out. But I don't think they have as many, you know, like as many, like, uh, not famous, but like really big name authors as they do at y'all west. Which you would think they would, because it's it's been established for longer. Yeah, book conventions are so fun. I'm hoping I can go to one this year. I don't know if it'll be Y'all West or Book Expo, or if it'll be none. But <laughs> it depends on money. I'm just hoping I can. I don't have to work that Friday, so I can sleep. Yeah. And like not like fall asleep halfway through Y'all West. We just need to like set up a. A donation fund or something. Michael, that. go to Y'all West. Help Michael go to Y'all West. Hashtag. Hashtag. Hashtag help Michael Y'all West. Awesome. Well, I think that's everything we had planned for today. There's been a lot more news, obviously, but we were going to keep this short, and yeah, we've already hit an hour, so. Yeah. We've, not hit, we've not kept it short. That'll be the day when we keep it short. <laughs> There's just a lot to say when it comes to books, but if you want to keep up with the news, of course, go to bookstacked.com. We've got a lot more stuff there that we didn't discuss, and we're going to be adding stuff as days go by. Well, thanks for being with us, guys. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye.
Um, with that said, let's jump back into audiobooks for a commercial break so we can hear from our wonderful sponsor, Audible. <laughs> <laughs> I hate doing commercial. I can't do them. I, 